This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. How do you get tourists to explore all of Chicago? I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. We all know the classic tourist haunts in Chicago. The Art Institute, The Bean, The Mag Mile. And if you're a foodie, you'll probably hit Randolph Street in the West Loop. Baseball fan? Chances are you'll get that iconic photo in front of Wrigley Field. Well, a new grant is designed to put more destinations on the map in neighborhoods that out-of-towners usually miss. Places like Inglewood, Back of the Yards, Lincoln Square, and Austin. The city's tourism arm, Choose Chicago, will hand out $5.5 million across 12 communities to help them attract more visitors. Here to give us the details is Rob Foytik, Vice President of Neighborhood Strategies at Choose Chicago. We're also joined by Nidra Sims-Fears, Executive Director of Greater Chatham Initiative. Chatham, on the south side, was part of an earlier Choose Chicago effort to bring in more tourists. Rob, why does Choose Chicago feel it's important to highlight more neighborhoods in Chicago through this grant? So I think in Chicago, really, our differentiator are our neighborhoods. Our downtown is beautiful. It's a world-class city. There are so many of them. And there are so many of them, right? I mean, and you can go in one city, right, from... Uh, uh, from uptown, right, from uh, a northern Vietnamese restaurant down to Chatham, right, the, the birthplace of gospel music, to Pullman, right, and, and learn about the, the labor movement. And so our neighborhoods uh, really offer a, a diversity of experience and an authentic experience that travelers want. And so that's why at Choose Chicago, for the last two years, we've been working very closely with neighborhood chambers of commerce and community development corporations um, to promote what we know um, the residents uh, uh, know are our are really the draws for tourists. Yeah. And Nidra, you've done some of that work in the past with Choose Chicago. How are things going in in Chatham? Um, Things are going well. One of the things that people don't realize is that in Chatham, we get over 2 million visitors a year. Oh, really? And they are dedicated. They come 18 times um, a year, and they come for three to four hours. And so it's really wonderful to see that level of... um, Um, diversity, kind of high-income families coming back to Chatham. And so, and they're excited about the the new offerings because they can go to Mahalia Jackson Court or a new um, pop-up or a new eatery. Um, And so it becomes a win-win both for residents that are there and the people who are visiting them. We mentioned some of the neighborhoods that could stand to benefit. Talk more about neighborhoods on the list, Rob. You, you mentioned a few already. Um, Austin, I know, is a, another one, right? Sure, yeah. And so um, so these new 12 neighborhoods that we're going to be working with this year get added into um, the, the 18 that we're already with. And so we're going to be working with at least 30 neighborhoods across the city. That doesn't mean other neighborhoods we don't want to work with. Um, but those are going to be our focus um, for, for the next year uh, or two here. And so um, it's really across the city. Um, things like all the way from Rogers Park, like I said, down to Pullman. Yeah. South Chicago, um, Pilsen, Little Village, Humboldt Park, um, Uptown, Albany Park. I'm going to get in trouble for missing stuff. But there are 30, <laughs> um, and they are geographically diverse across the city. Uh, again, 
trying to represent all that our city has to offer. Um, and not all tourists are created equal. And so really figuring out what are those niche um, destinations that attract certain types of visitors, right? Yeah. Um, if you're a car aficionado, right? Like where are the places to go in the city to see those historic car places, right? I'm not a car person, so I don't know. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, tell me, right? <laughs> I want to know too. You know, or like you know, Steve Delinsky and his pizza book, right? Like, where are the pizza places, right? You want to experience the five quintessential Chicago styles of pizza. Where do you go, right? And so those are in our neighborhoods. Yeah. And so we work with residents, we work with community groups to try to identify those. And, and examples of of what the money is used for exactly. Oh yeah, sure, exactly. So um, we're the destination marketing organization for the city, uh, and so the majority of the money is spent on digital marketing, um, but that also includes things like listening sessions. Um, and so we'll be doing quite a bit of that. You'll mm -hmm. see digital ads popping up um, on your phone uh, to get you to go to neighborhoods, um, whether you're in Chicago or in other places in the country. We provide a number of data services to our partners as well. Um, and so we'll be continuing all of the programs we've been doing. And then we have three new initiatives that we'll be adding as well. And so nice. these are based on what we've heard in our listening sessions across the city. We've done about 22 of those um, uh, across the north, south, um, and west sides. Um, and so those include wayfinding signage, um, signs along the street, right, that say you are here, give oh, you a yes. business directory, and, and get you back, right, into a place to spend some more money. And so we've heard that from communities. Now we're going to have some funds to do that. We're very excited. Um, we're also going to be doing some street cleanup. Um, we hear from communities, um, right, trash on the street, weeds growing through the sidewalk can be a real problem for marketing their communities. And so we really want to make sure that, that that's being taken care of. And so we'll be looking for local providers to work with um, to go out and provide some of those services um, in, in high traffic, high impact areas. And then the third one, um, we want to make sure that when the Obama Presidential Center opens on the south side in 2025 mm -hmm. and that the estimated 850,000 visitors there um, that they take tours of the South Side and not, and that their tours run by residents of the South and West Sides, right? And so we'll be working on a training program um, to make sure that those um, entrepreneurs um, have the resources to benefit from that. So let's talk more, Nidra, about the kind of impact that this this funding has had on Chatham. First of all, do you feel like the funding allowed you to do projects or or initiatives that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise? Oh, absolutely. Um, Choose Chicago is a is a great partner, you know, kind of showing us the way because no one teaches you um, how to market your neighborhood. Um, and so they are um, a great resource for us to um, look at what has been best practices and to really get out and uh, collaborate with them because um, Greater Chatham, which consists of Avalon Park, Auburn Gresham, Greater Grand Crossing, and um, Avalon, Avalon Park, we are the um, soul food, Caribbean food, and um, African food capital of Chicago. We have over 222 restaurants, mm. of which um, probably 50% have those um, wonderful flavor profiles. Um, and people come to our area. We're a net importer of people eating in our communities because people want those tasty food. They come as yes. far as um, Southeast Michigan to Schaumburg to eat in our communities. And so working with um, Rob to get that information out, um, to draw more people in to support our local restaurants um, is the way to go. Yeah, well, let's let's dig more into that. For folks who haven't been, I want to give a chance to, to have them check out a place like Chatham. So tell us, wh what are we missing? So I would say that um, obviously um, we have great ribs, we have great, um, you know, um, sold. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ribs, um, um, jerk, 
um, jerked um, Caribbean um, places, mm-hmm. wonderful food, um, and, you know, African ham pies. And so yeah. those are some of the things that you, you can't get anyplace else, and you have such a um, variety that you can, um, you know, kind of dig into. And those flavor profiles are, are really important, and they represent our heritage, and um, people miss it, and they come here to get it. Rob, how will Choose Chicago measure success of this program? For sure. So we use a, a number of different metrics on the digital side. Uh, we obviously do this the normal social views and clicks through. We also have a platform that allows us to see whether or not people actually go to the neighborhood a- afterwards. Oh, good. Um, based on, on cell phone uh, data that's anonymized. Oh, so you can track that. We can, we can see, right, percentages of how many people have seen the ad and actually then gone. And so that'll, be, that'll show us. We can see over time how those, how those uh, trends change. Um, and so you can see seasonality. You can see um, times and days of the week that are most popular in communities. Um, and then you can also get some demographic breakdown about where people are coming from, right? A lot of times when we look at communities, the majority of the visitors come from the, the immediately surrounding, uh, you know, zip codes. Mm-hmm. But there'll be a surprise always, right? You'll be looking at a little village, and then all of a sudden, right, there's a zip code in Indiana. Yeah. Right? And, I but, mean, Nidra just mentioned people coming from Michigan, right? Right. To to come to Chatham. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Have you and other community members, Nidra, have you felt that you've had a seat at the table when it comes to deciding how these funds are going to be allocated? Um, we have um, had a seat at the table, and it's great to have a collaborative partner so that w- when they applied for these funds, we let, wrote a lot of support, and we now are going to get the benefit of that, that we'll get the wayfinding that he talked about. I mean, Choose Chicago helped us. We kicked off with the new Mahalia Jackson Court, which is at 79th and State, and it was Choose Chicago Fund and expertise to help us build out that website and attract people. And just we kicked the, off that court um, September of this year. And when we look at what happened year to date, our number, our foot traffic increased um, 230%. Um, and that is because of the help that we've gotten from Choose Chicago. 230%. 30%. So we are really pleased that we, not only do we have a seat at the table, but we have a partner that is... Um, you know, working with us hand in glove to, to make that happen. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. So what are the next steps, Rob? Yeah, so um, so we've reached out to the new communities. Um, it's about identifying partners there to work with. Um, and as soon as we have those partnerships in place, then we'll be holding listening sessions. Um, and so these are residents, small business owners, uh, really any community stakeholder that, that, that should be in the discussion to tell us what in the community they're proud of, they want to share, um, how they want to share it, and, and who they want to come visit. When will we start to see some of these new projects up and running, you think? Sure. So, like I said, we're going to be continuing our projects, and yeah. so you'll see them now already um, yeah. in your social media feeds, on your phone, popping up. Um, but the new programs will all be up and running by this summer. Excellent. That is Rob Foytick, Vice President of Neighborhood Strategies at Choose Chicago, and Nidra Sims Fears, who's Executive Director of the Greater Chatham Initiative. Thank you both. Thank you. Good Thank to you. see you. Now let's hear directly from three of the communities that could benefit from the program. With us is Aisha Butler, Executive Director at the Resident Association of Greater Inglewood, also known as RAGE. Berto Aguayo, who's Executive Director of the Anti-Violence Program at Increase the Peace, he's based in Back of the Yards. And Ashley Woodthorpe, President of the Heart of Lincoln Square Neighborhood Association. So I'm going to start with you, Berto. The, the grant was just announced, and, and I know that when our producer reached out to you, 
it was news to you as well. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so what was your initial reaction to hearing that it existed? Uh, well, my initial reaction was I thought it was to talk about some of the, you know, not so positive stories. Uh, and it was a breath of fresh air to be able to talk about um, initiatives like these that try to change the narrative and are guided to do just that. I'm curious, why did you expect for it to be the negative? Uh, I mean, unfortunately, um, I think there's, you know, things and violence in, in a lot of parts of the city that are experiencing that. And it's unfortunate, but it is a reality. But it's also a reality that a lot of our neighborhoods have so much vibrancy and so much culture and so much diversity uh, and strengths that are usually not highlighted. <laughs> and so it yeah. was it was nice to be able to be on the show and, and talk a little bit about that, too. Ashley, was it feeling like a breath of fresh air to you, too, to hear about these uh, this program? Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. It was news to me. I was like, we, we are we are in what? <laughs> to like look up the neighborhoods. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, I am excited to be a voice um, for our residents of, of what this could be used for. So. Aisha, coming to you next. I, I mean, your thoughts on bringing more tourists to Englewood. Um, yeah, I mean, I, when I saw the article, I was just like, Berto, I, it was my first time hearing about it. But it wasn't my first time hearing about the importance of tourism to Inglewood in a positive light. I think a lot of times we have these kind of poverty tours that look at some of the disinvestment, but we don't hear a lot about kind of these um, tours that really talked about the vibrancy, some of our local businesses, some of our historical landmarks that are here. So, yeah, it was very refreshing. Yeah. A lot of heads nodding in studio as you, you talked there, Aisha. <laughs> Ashley, I'm curious, how frequently do you think Lincoln Square is getting tourists right now? Uh, not super frequently, no. I mean, it's it's convenient. You know, it's right off the brown line. Um, it's easy to get to. There's a bunch of buses that go there, too. Um, and if you know about it, then, yeah, people are going there. They're going to the farmer's markets. They're going to the – there's a couple street festivals like Apple Fest, May Fest, October Fest. You know, we get a lot of people out for that. Square Roots Fest. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's more so just the local people who know about it and frequent the shops and – and it's great. I think it's it's very cute. We we've had more activity with like videos uh, producing there, like a lot of. Oh, lot what of, do you mean? Like tourists? Uh, yeah, videos. No, more like uh, you know, people filming for different locations oh. for shows and whatnot. Well, because it's so cute, like you mentioned. Yeah, right? exactly. So makes a nice backdrop. Exactly. So I think maybe that could be you know something to explore a little bit more that we're we're being seen more uh, as a neighborhood that that could. You know. Now we now we want people to know the name, right? Exactly. Yeah, that that's associated with it and can pop up because you know it's 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 northwest of of everything. So everything downtown, people are coming for downtown. They're coming for the the mainstays of the Bean and everything, and and they don't necessarily explore forty minutes away of, <laughs> of a different neighborhood. And I understand that, but maybe you know maybe we'll get on some travel advisor list of like there's this thing you should check out. You know, this gem in yeah. Chicago. Exactly. <laughs> so I, my next question is for all of you. And um, coming to you first, Berto, when you have someone visit you from out of town, are there spots in your neighborhood that you always take them to that you think make your tour of Chicago unique? Absolutely. Uh, I'm always giving unofficial tours to friends <laughs> and people because I'm at Northwestern now for law school. And, and a lot of my friends are in that downtown bubble. Right. And they don't know. They don't have the awareness that a uh, uh, neighborhood as cool and as uh, historic as back of the yards even exists. And so I take it upon myself to do that. And some of the cool spots are just, for one, 
we have so much history in back of the yards. We're home to the old stockyards. The reason why Chicago was known as a hog butcher of the world, you know, we um, are the reason why the Chicago Bulls are the Chicago Bulls, right? <laughs> right. And a lot of people don't know that history. Uh, so those are the spots that I take them to, to know that the stockyards and how much of a quintessential role it had in shaping Chicago and Chicago history. Mm-hmm. And then I also take them to to our, our Mexican joints, right, where we have some of the best Mexican food in the country. And some people don't know that Chicago is home to um, the second largest Mexican population in the country, right? And But then they see a neighborhood like Back of the Yards and they become aware of that fact. And they're like, ah. Ah, exactly. So... Um, La Internacional, La Totonilco, La Cecina. Those are some of the neighborhood joints that I always take people to go visit. Um, and then lastly, we have so much art, right? So much art that has popped out in the in the last uh, two decades that it's really reflective of the diversity uh, and, and the diversity in the culture that we have uh, yeah. in a black and brown community like Back of the Yards. I love that. Aisha, give us your tour of Inglewood. Where are you taking visitors? Yeah, which I'm just like Berto. I'm taking visitors all over Inglewood now. Um, One of the things that I normally take folks to is actually to some of the members who bought um, lots for a dollar who have transformed these spaces to be gardens or communal space or have art and have events in those spaces. Um, I love, we always have to hit the Ivy League blocks because those are where the mansions are. And so when we look at Princeton and Yale and Harvard, um, from the about 63rd up to about 74th, you will be blown away by some of the housing stock that we have. I mean, with um, huge mansions on those streets. Um, We always have to take them to our local businesses. Um, You cannot come into Inglewood without not stopping by Inglewood Branded, which is a local retail store, to get your Inglewood merch, get your sweaters, Mm -hmm. um, to to hear from other local businesses. Um, We have um, a lot of churches in general, but some of them are very historic, where Martin Luther King came and spoke before. Um, unfortunately, we lost Antioch, but it's really a lot of a couple, a few historical churches. Um, so we have a, yeah. a few things. That There's a lot happening. Do. Yeah, and then we have projects like our Go Green All Racing. So now you can stop by the Fresh Market um, and, you know, and also EG Woods, the new business. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of nice places. We worked very closely before with Open Chicago on the on, on Chicago architectural tour. Um, and so, yeah, this is this is things that we kind of do now just to shift that narrative and show people another truth of our community. Yeah, I love that. Where should out-of-towners stop in Lincoln Square, Ashley? Oh, man. Um, there's so many good places. Uh, there's it's, it's this cute little street down Lincoln that we've actually kind of, uh, there's less traffic. Um, they kind of blocked it off a little bit just for a little bit of parking. Um, so coming, if you get off the Western Brown Line, you'll be pretty much right smack dab in the middle of it. Um, and there's a bunch of mom and pop shops. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the nice thing about Lincoln Square is that it is mom and pop shops. It's I not, love me a mom and pop shop. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's all mom and pop shops. It's, there's nothing corporate about it. There was rumors that Amazon was going to try and take over a corner, and the community was like, uh-uh, uh, excuse <laughs> you. Back off. Uh, so, no, we, we don't want to endanger any of our local mom and pops. They they are the bread and butter of our community. And, uh, it, you know, 
you could stop. There's also an adorable little theater, the Davis Theater. Um, it's got three screens. It's a it's a hub of the community where you can have community meetings there, and just you know see what what the new movie is. Um, and then yeah, there's there's cafes, there's bistros, there's restaurants. There's it's just a great space. All the things. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Berto, I'm, I'm curious. What would you say is the biggest barrier to getting more people out to back of the yards? Is it simply just getting the word out or is there this perception that needs to change? Uh, I think it's both and, right? I Mm -hmm. think it's definitely a lack of awareness um, because once you take someone to a neighborhood like Back of the Yards or to like Englewood and have those unofficial tours or Lincoln Square, then people are going to go back because that's, you know, it's it's a draw in itself, but people don't know about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think sometimes there's a a lack of accessibility, right? That's... uh, a lot of so much of our transportation is downtown focused. Um, and sometimes people don't know that, you know, you can go elsewhere. Yeah, it's the train ride. The train ride. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think it's uh, that's the both and people don't know about it, lack of awareness. But also, I think there's something to be said about the lack of accessibility to some of our neighborhoods. Um, and in addition to the, the reality and the perception that some of our neighborhoods have. And I think that's why it's so important, uh, as Asia said, to to share the other truth, uh, to balance yeah. out the narrative. Um, and to talk about so many of the positives, so many of the things that we have in our neighborhoods that are worthy of celebration, because uh, we're a city of neighborhoods, and there's a reason yeah. for that, because mm-hmm. so much of our neighborhoods have such a rich history, distinct character that makes it a place like no other. Yeah. I want to shift to talk about this this grant. I would love to hear from each of you what you personally or, or what your organization would like to see that money be used for. So we'll start with you, Aisha. That, that's a tough one, but not really. Um, I definitely, because we have to think about our demographics and our community and our unemployment work and so um, our unemployment rates. So it would be really nice that it was some sort of workforce component that helped, you know, young people or either, you know, underemployed or unemployed people to actually be these guides. I would love for some component to be a part of that. Um, also, I would think, you know, some investments. I mean, if it's, you know, how do we make our vacancies vibrant? So if we have these kind of vacant corridors, unfortunately, and vacant homes, maybe there's some investment to spruce it up a little bit, uh, especially if they're historical landmarks within the community and they're sitting there vacant. Um, just more, um, I would just say, overall, just more marketing yeah. about Inglewood in a way that we've been trying to do with our Inglewood Rising campaigns and talking to, you know, local residents mm-hmm. and trying to make sure that their voices are heard. So just making sure um, it's not kind of a, the resources are not a top-down approach where people are parachuting in our community right. and not really connecting in the essence of Getting our community. your voice in there. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, making sure that voice is there and making sure those resources are also rotating because tourism brings economics. Yeah. And so uh, we will want to make sure that that um, economy that is created rotates back here yeah. in Inglewood. No, it makes total sense. Uh, Ashley, I'm curious, would you be most interested in the money going to support businesses or events or what's most interesting to you? For Lincoln Square? Um, I would 
would say businesses. We definitely have a decent amount of vacant storefronts um, throughout the square, and I would just love to see life in there. I know the pandemic took a, a huge hit on, on everybody. A lot of people, unfortunately, closed their doors, and you know we're starting to see some some new businesses take yeah. those places, but it's still just it's not quite there yet, you know? Yeah. So I would I would hope as businesses Fest, festivals we we got covered. <laughs> we do that and we do it well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and last word to you, Berto. What, what do you want to see with with the money in back of yards? Uh, I would love to see uh, the community being censored, uh, and in the process and every step of the way. Um, as Asia mentioned, you know, making sure that we have our stories being shared by our community, right? And so uh, I think it's important to invest in. Uh, community storytellers, right, um, are young people. Um, I think it's important to uh, invest in some of these um, in people who already know the history of Back of the Yards because they live it every day. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be really important, especially as we think about, you know, my bias is that I have a violence prevention lens almost to everything. Yeah. And I think one of the barriers and one of the contributors of, of violence is directly tied to the lack of employment. Right. You look at some of our neighborhoods, they have the highest rates of youth under uh, youth unemployment yeah. in the city. And so it would be really great to be able to, um, you know, continue some of the great work that I know my block, my hood, my city has done to do youth uh, led tours mm-hmm. in neighborhoods like back of the yard. So hire some of our young people, hire some of our parents, um, yeah. you know, invest in some of our local businesses. To keep so that, that work going and keep that work going so that, um, you know, all these stories, all this work is being directed by the community itself. Uh, and is about benefiting the community as well. We'll leave it there. That's Berto Aguayo, Executive Director of the Anti-Violence Program at Increase the Peace. Aisha Butler, who's Executive Director at the Resident Association of Greater Inglewood. And Ashley Woodthorpe, who's President of the Heart of Lincoln Square Neighborhood Association. Thank you all so much. This episode of Reset was produced by Andrew Merriweather and Brenda Ruiz, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab. If you're looking for more ways to engage with our show, have you given us a follow on TikTok or on Twitter? We share tons of fun and exclusive content every day, and we give you the chance to share your perspective. Follow us on Twitter at WBEZ Reset and at WBEZ underscore Reset on TikTok. That's all for this episode. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.